cold tonight. Impressed you showed up tonight of all nights. You know, the streets of our city are largely empty. On the way to the synagogue today, though, I basically had the park to myself. All of our neighbors are snuggled up in front of the fake fireplaces, but you showed up. I'm impressed, but I can tell you that our tradition tells us that the Almighty One, too, is impressed with this devotion. Judaism always values more what is harder to do. Anyone can go to a synagogue when it's easy, say our sages. But to attend a synagogue when it's hard, that's worthy of special divine attention. For example, the Talmud tells us that we receive an additional reward for going to a more distant synagogue. If you have a choice between a closer synagogue and a more distant synagogue, the Talmud tells us that you get a special reward if you go to the one that is farther from you because part of the drawing towards God is the journey. In this way, I envision all of you who made it with us tonight, the coldest February 20th in the recorded history of New York City, I imagine you receiving an additional reward from the Almighty One for the commitment, the dedication, and the effort. This week's Torah portion, Truma, is about coming to synagogue. They didn't call it synagogue back in biblical times. They called it tabernacle, mishkan in Hebrew. But still, the idea was the same, to create a space in the vast expanse of the universe dedicated to the contemplation of sanctity. The Bible considered this idea, this task of dedicating space, sacred space, so important that the building of the tabernacle covers 13 chapters in the book of Exodus, approximately 500 verses. In comparison, the creation of the universe is described in 34 verses. We learn from the long and elaborate descriptions of building the tabernacle that from the Bible's perspective, the God idea must be organized. It must be housed in the house of God. It can't simply hang out there. There must be an institution, a tabernacle, a synagogue to contain these ideas. This is the main lesson of these tabernacle passages. It's why they consume fully a third of the book of Exodus, which ostensibly is dedicated to the notion of freedom. To teach us that religion, the knowledge of God, must be organized. But when you use that phrase today, organized religion, Many people recoil. To be clear, I think many of us resonate to the spiritual part of religion. 
we are aware that there is so much more that we do not know than that which we know. We are open to the notions of mystery, amazement, and wonder. We know that the universe is infinite and we are infinitesimal. And we sense the miracle of creation, especially intensely at various moments of our lives. It's why we are moved by the birth or the graduation or the bat mitzvah of our children, or by recovering from an illness, or you know what, even through the death of our loved ones, still we feel some kind of blessing of life for which we give gratitude. The problem, especially in modern times, is that the tabernacle dedicated to these ideas and organized around the promotion of these ideas seem to us so flawed. They are all too human. It is sometimes hard to discern godliness in these sanctuaries of God. There is a bureaucracy in tabernacles. That's what the Bible teaches. Tabernacles need to be heated in winter. They need to be cooled in summer. They need to be maintained and sustained. And so inevitably we get into the complicated discussion about money. Who's going to fund all this? It's why this week's Parsha, the first of four dedicated to the tabernacle, is called Truma, which means something like, don't forget to make a contribution towards the boiler system. Heating the synagogue is your responsibility. But it's not only the all-too-human bureaucracy. Frankly, nowadays, so many of God's messengers seem so corrupt nowadays, so wrong, so extreme, so violent, so deviant. That's why people say to us all the time, I don't believe in and do not support organized religion. By this they mean they believe in or yearn to believe in a higher power. They are open to mystery and amazement, but they feel that religion actually sullies the idea of spirituality. Organized religion has caused more harm than good, they feel. It's too corrupted by politics, flawed personalities, mistakes, and excesses. Many people today look around the world and seeing the all-too-human weaknesses of the custodians of the temples of God ask, who needs this? It's because of them that there is all this misery around the world. I meet people all the time who tell me that they are religious but do not support organized religion. Now as the representative and epitome of organized religion, here's my view. 
First, organized religion has done much more good than bad. But moreover, do people make the same argument about other organized efforts? Do people say that law was once a good idea? But since lawyers ruined it, do we not support organized law? Courts, legal institutions, law schools, and legal establishments. Would there even be justice in the world were it not for organized efforts to promote the idea of justice? Do people say that about music? Do people say that music was once a good idea, pure and spiritual? But since musicians ruined it, we do not support organized music schools that trains musicians, opera companies, concert halls, and theaters with all their problems that we read about every two weeks in the city? Would there even be music in the world were it not for organized efforts to teach and spread music in concert halls in which to perform music? Do they say that about science? Science was once a good idea, but since scientists ruined it, we do not support organized science. Schools that train scientists, medical establishments, and the like. There is no idea that can be implemented in society if that idea is not organized. Were it not for organized religion, there would be no influential religious idea. Ideas need to be organized to have impact. Ideas need institutions to fuel their spread. Values need organizational frameworks through which they are developed and disseminated. An idea does not exist in a vacuum. It may start in the heart or the mind of a single solitary person. But to make a difference in the world and to impact on others, Messages require messengers, and messengers sprout only from organized efforts to produce them. Even counterculture groups that organize around the idea of an anti-establishment principle, even they often become part of the organized establishment within a generation. There are very few alternatives. At some point, you need to stop the revolution and get on with life, including the time-consuming tasks of raising a family, earning a living, and taking care of daily affairs. Even revolutionaries eventually have mortgages. Successful counter-establishment groups, those whose initial fervor was proven to be long-lasting, themselves become the establishment. There's no other way. Establishments are how values get organized and disseminated. What the Bible is teaching us is that religious organizations have the same human dynamic as other organizations. There is hierarchy, ambition, prestige, advancement, compensation, 
even churches, synagogues, and mosques are often nurseries of ambition. To expect godlike standards from mere mortals, even those who work for God, is to preach such a fine sermon on what human beings could be like if only they weren't human. And still, the first thing that God told Moses to do after receiving the laws on Mount Sinai was to build the tabernacle. There needed to be an institution, some organized force to house and embody the idea. Otherwise, it would have been mere words, vapor, that would have evaporated in the vast expanse of the desert. An ancient Jewish comment proclaims, until the tabernacle was set up, the universe was like a chair which cannot stand because it has only two legs. But as soon as the tabernacle was set up, the universe stood firm. In other words, it is not only the divinely inspired creation that sustains the universe. That alone, God's creation of the universe, causes the universe to sway, according to the ancient sages. It is the knowledge of God in the heart of the people that causes the universe to stand firm. And this knowledge is acquired in the tabernacle. In our times, in the houses of worship and other religious institutions dedicated to the dissemination of the religious idea. And this is what we're trying to do here, together, in partnership, one with the other. Not to expect or create perfection, but to improve the world, step by step, until the knowledge of God is instilled in all of God's creatures.